Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking a life of freedom, choice, and abundance. And on today's show, I talk with Olivia Ward, who is a property coach and first appeared on the Investor Lab podcast in episode 70. So almost 100 or around about 100 episodes ago and about two years ago. So it's really great to have Olivia back on the show. We talk about what's happened in her property journey over the last couple of years and the fact that she's now become a property coach. We talk about what role does a property coach play in the ecosystem of your team and in fact, what does that actually mean the role of the investor is, which is quite an interesting discussion. We talked about property investing mistakes people are making in 2022. We talked about oh, just all kinds of stuff. Um, we even talked a little bit about human design and becoming a manifesting generator and all kinds of different really, really fun stuff. So I personally really enjoyed this episode. And if you are someone who has been thinking about investing, but is maybe just a little unsure, this is a great episode because you know Olivia is proof that you can really build a, a great portfolio relatively quickly and actually live a better life because of it. Because of the portfolio she's been able to build, she's actually been able to create the life that she wants and is now serving others to do the same. And that's all happened in a relatively short period of time. So she's in a great position to be able to talk from experience, which is something that I really, really like. Now, before we get into the episode, there's something I want to share with you. One of the biggest problems that property investors face is that they literally don't know if the actions they are taking are actually going to get them towards their goal. It doesn't matter if you're confident you've bought the right property. How do you actually know that that is going to get you to your goal, whether that goal is $100,000 passive income or whether you know it's whatever that goal might be over a period of time? Property investors need a plan. They need a plan that is going to show them exactly what to buy, when to buy, and why in a way that will help you to ensure that you meet your goals. And so at Dashdot, we actually have created a tool and a service that does exactly that. So we have just launched our portfolio growth plans. And so what that actually is, is you will work directly with a Dashdot team member to actually build a customized portfolio plan for you that is designed to show you exactly what your portfolio needs to look like in order to hit your goals in the time that you want to hit it, which is pretty revolutionary. Now, it's just an extremely sophisticated tool. We've been developing it over the last two years. It has taken just a huge amount of effort to get it to the level of complexity, but also the sophistication and accuracy that it is. There's literally nothing else like this on the market, which is why I'm so excited to share this with you as well. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, if you want to finally have clarity over whether you're going to achieve your goals, whether you want to know what the future looks like, if you want to get vision on, on, on how you're actually tracking right now with your current portfolios, and whether that is even going to be enough to, maybe you're already there, but you just don't know it, which we've seen quite a lot as well, then this is going to be an amazing addition to, to your property investing journey. So if you want to check that out, just go to dashdot.com.au, uh, follow the links through to our uh, the What We Do page. You can check it out there, click a link, book in a call, and we'll catch up with you there. But without any further ado, let's get stuck into the episode and I'll see you on the inside. Hey guys, welcome back to the Investor Lab. Joining me on today's show is Olivia Ward. Now, last time Olivia was on the show was episode 70, which was about two years ago. And so much has happened in the last two years, not only in the world, generally in the economy, uh, emotionally, spiritually, metaphysically, but also in the property space and also specifically for Olivia. So Liv, I'm really excited to have you back on the show and I'm really excited to dig into a whole bunch of stuff today. Um, and obviously you and I have um, gotten to know each other pretty well over the last couple of years, which is great. But for people who might not have heard of you before, or maybe just haven't heard of you since episode 70, which is like two years ago, why don't you give us a little bit of a background? Tell us a little bit about who you are, um, 
you know, what do you do, all of that kind of stuff, and then we'll dive into a whole bunch of questions. Hi, thanks, Goose. Um, thank you very much for having me. So what do I do? So I started off with uh, building out a, a property portfolio in my 20s. You know, I did the whole typical, got to five properties in five years by, I think, like 29, something like that. Came on to Dashdot, and that was really exciting. And then I loved it so much. I thought to myself, how can I teach people how to do this quicker, easier, faster, you know, and also with like a lot of ease because I was like, this is, it's too good to like not share how easy it is to build wealth for real estate. So then I went and did my, um, I thought I'm going to roll into doing this buyer's agents course license sort of thing. And I thought that's what I wanted to do. And I got into that and I was like, absolutely not for me whatsoever. Um, So I was more loving like the journey and the experience and like the wow moments that you have when it comes to building wealth, because obviously like it's all about the journey. And so, um, so then, yeah, so then I decided I'm going to help other people do this. So uh, about only four months ago, uh, my partner and I both quit our jobs at the same time, uh, corporate nine to five jobs and thought we're going to go out and do our, do our own thing and, and help impact other people to, yeah, build, build property uh, wealth, essentially using, using property a lot easier. Okay. So how are you doing that? Because you said that you, I'm interested, you said you, tried, you thought, oh, I'm going to become a buyer's agent. And then you went, okay, mm-hmm. that's not for me. I'd love to know why. What made you say uh, no? And specifically, how are you helping people now? Because you're talking about helping people to, to build wealth through property. So, so what do you mean? So talk to me about both of those. Okay. So first question, uh, let's answer that one. So buyer's agent, why I decided, why I got into that. I thought to myself, there's there's this missing piece mm. of around having a regulated nervous system, to be honest. I find a lot of people get into property or um, they they don't know how to find what is the good people to have on my team versus who are the, the not so good people to have on my team because it's like there's so actually so much information out there. And so for me, I was like, who do I trust? Um, but I realised that so many people are time poor and so many people like, I don't actually have time. Maybe I'm stuck in a corporate rat race because that's where I came from originally, the corporate world. I was watching all these people like they didn't have time to research and figure out all the people that I needed to have on my team. Um, I was also watching a lot of people uh, put in more money than what they needed to as well. So they were just like throwing out money because they had it. And so I wanted to sort of help protect people a little bit more, think a bit strategically about it. And what I realised with the buyers agents world is like you guys, especially with Dashdot, there is a lot of moving pieces. And that was just something that I didn't want to build a large company personally myself. Um, I have a very relaxed lifestyle and I realized that you need to have a pretty big company and organization to provide a really high quality service. And I thought to myself, that is going to take me many years to be able to achieve that. Um, But the core part that I wanted to be a part of was, yeah, the experience and the, the wow moments that investors went through. So I decided um, why not uh, play a, a particular niche part of the role um, of doing that, of helping people. Yep, which is? Which is, the next question, is, um, yeah, helping people make sure that they don't waste their time um, on areas that they don't need to, like having mm-hmm. conversations with people that aren't really necessarily required for their part of their journey. Um, also helping them, I suppose, 
you're effectively coaching people, right? You're 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 effectively a property coach, right? And you're so so what I and what I find and which is which is awesome, right? Because what that so yeah, all of the stuff that you're saying, like helping people to make sure they're making the right decisions, making making sure they're not wasting money, working out who they can trust and all of that kind of stuff is brilliant, right? It's a great what I find most interesting about this, Liv, is you know, we often hear the statistic like 71% of property investors never get past the first property, 90% of property investors never get past the second property. Okay, that's a big problem, right? Mm-hmm. That's specifically a problem that Dashdot fixes, right? That is specifically a problem that Dashdot fixes. But the thing that most people don't realize is that the single, they think that the largest number of property investors are in that 71%, the one property. But in mm-hmm. fact, the largest number of property investors are at zero properties. Like they are at the place where they're just like, I am, you know, I, it, psychologically, I want to be an investor. I know mm. that this is the path for me, but I don't know who to trust. I don't know how to get started. I'm time poor. It goes on the back burner. All of a sudden, they're like 45, 50, 60 years old, wondering why they didn't get started when they were 20, started when they were 25, 30, 35 years old. And so the actually the biggest problem that needs to be solved in order to really create g- like genuine wealth transformation in Australia is actually... How do we help people break through that inertia and keep that momentum up? Now, it's not just for the zero to Get one, started. but of course, mm. obviously the the one to two and the two, and there's different layers to it. You know, like we, you know, obviously, and the reason that we work symbiotically well together is because we're really, really good at helping people from a structural standpoint, make sure they're getting the right assets that are going to get them from A to B to get them to where they need to get to, right? But there's there's two sides to it. There's the yin and the yang, right? There's the yin and the yang. And the yin side is like, how do we help people to crack through that that's those spiritual and emotional barriers, not just the financial barriers, not just the strategic barriers, but all of these other things that stand in people's way that actually hold them back. Because, you know, in my experience, it's not actually usually the financial piece. It's actually usually all of the other stuff that help yeah. that that is the reason that people either don't get started or get started and then fall off again, right? Which is the trickiest bit. And I know that um you know, with with most of our clients, we I sort of see ourselves as being a bit bit like a personal trainer. It's like that. Come on, come on, like what? Yeah, one you more. Got just, this thing hard yeah, to, yeah, exactly. I don't know. That's something that you do as well. But what I what I really like is that um is that you've been able to create a platform that helps to bridge the gap of people that are standing on the sidelines, not yet playing the game, and actually go, okay, well, let's get you involved and let's build your confidence up let's give you the tools to understand what that looks like so that you can be confident in taking that next next step and moving that forward um thank you 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 sold me so well Grace. i was going to say one of my measures of success that i have for myself is if i've done my job well you shouldn't need me after the second property at all right Mm. to be honest with you because then you've got everything you should have the right mindset you should have the team and the people that you need to be successful moving forward you've now got all the solid foundations cool, let's just keep moving. You just now repeat the process. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, no worries. No worries. So um, I'm interested. Last time you were on the show, and you've been, on, you know, everyone's personal stories, their own personal personal journey, but I'm very interested, right? Last time you were on the show, five properties in five years at 29. What has, over the last couple of years, like what's changed in your portfolio? What's changed? Obviously, you've been able to quit your job, which is pretty cool. And I'm, I'm assuming, I don't want to like assume too much, but I'm assuming mm. that that is in no small part because you build a property portfolio that will allow you to do that, um, that gives you the the ability to quit your job and start a new business without having the fear and wondering like, how is that all going to work out? So assume that's a part mm-hmm. of it. Do you want to talk to me about like what that evolution has been like for you over the past over the past two years since we last spoke and what's changed in your world? Yeah. Awesome. So 
uh, well, first of all, I sold one of those properties. So I did the classic thing, you know, one of my first properties I ever bought, just went and bought it, didn't really know what I was doing. So it was negatively geared and it was getting more negatively geared as well. Uh, just because of the location. So even though it gave me a lot of growth, I got rid of that property. And that's one of the things that I'm hoping to prevent people from having to go down that path as well. Um, I would so, say I, w- I would say on that though, because I remember talking to you about that property. That property served yeah. a purpose. Because I remember you it asking did. me like, I remember you asking me like, what do I do? I've got this property. It's negatively geared. And I was, and you're feeling pretty bad about it. And I was like, well, has it served a purpose? And you're like, yeah, it's like giving me all of this stuff and I've been able to go and buy all these other properties. I'm like, great. So it's been an awesome property to have in your portfolio. It did. It got me that capital. Totally. But at, it had served its purpose and then it was time for it to go. So yeah, yeah, cool. Yep. Okay, so you sold that I property? Did. So I sold that property and then I went straight to Dashdown and I was like, guys, awesome, sold this one. Let's replace it with two other big cash flowing, really high growth sort of properties. So your team were amazing at doing that. And now what that allowed me to do is say, cool, so now I've got six properties. I can now, I felt like I was at ease and I was like, I can now sit back and relax Mm. and make any decisions that I want to and know that no matter how sort of risky or extreme sort of decisions I make in my life, like it's okay because I've got this really well-oiled machine that I can just sit back and relax and know that it's going to look after me and my family in the future, no matter what I do outside of it as well. So I really like that. And so, yes, it did play a big role in um, allowing me and my partner to feel comfortable enough to both quit our jobs at the exact same time. Mm. Um, was it positively geared enough to look after our entire lifestyle? No, but it was comfortable enough that I could withstand, for example, the interest rate rises that we're going through at the moment. Um, so I don't even think about that sort of stuff. So it's really interesting because one of the inter because everyone thinks about the tangible benefits. They're like, okay, so let's say I've got a goal of getting a hundred thousand dollars of of passive income through property, that's kind of like a tangible kind of benefit that they're aiming for in the distance, um, yeah. which is awesome. But so, something I have seen this happen time and time and time again when people hit somewhere between four and six properties. So use five as it's, it often happens at four, but sometimes five. When they hit that kind of like four or five property mark, something switches in them. It something switches. It, it's it's just like Bing. Oh. Okay, and I like to say people have hit save because it is that thing. It's like, well, I might not be able to just like retire and live off the income from my property. It probably won't happen immediately if you bought five properties or whatever. But psychologically, you know that you've hit a platform where you're pretty much going to be okay. Like you're pretty much going to yep. be okay. You can start to then make other different and better decisions. So this is really beneficial for um, business owners because all of a sudden they don't have this. They've they've already set themselves outside of business, but also for non-business owners because people are then able to start making different choices because in the first, say, let's say the one to five properties, you know, mm-hmm. people are thinking about how much am I saving towards my next property? Let's make sure I'm, they're really focused. And then once you get to Numbers, a certain- Numbers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get to a certain platform and it's like, okay, well, I'm here now. Maybe I'm not at the final destination, but now I could actually, maybe I'll go on a holiday. Maybe I'll take some more time off. Maybe I'll change jobs. Maybe I'll do things that are going to be more fulfilling to me because you've reached the platform and that that emotional benefit, that that certainty and that clarity and that that is just like, it is, I personally think that that is the biggest possible transformation that people can have because they cross a precipice into a new world where all of their, all of the opportunities they want are in front of them because they can make those choices without fear. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's super exciting. It's so cool to yeah. to see you play that out. And then go, okay, now I'm actually going to go, I'm going to leave a corporate job. I've done that. I've hit the platform. I'm going to leave my corporate job and go help other people and live that passion. So I think that's awesome. 
Absolutely. I think that's what it's all about. That's what I say. Building wealth with ease, having a well-refined and well-regulated nervous system. Like that's what it can provide you. Uh, That's what it's done for me. And I just hope that I can show other people how to do the same thing as well. Yeah. So you and I were talking just before we started recording the podcast around Mm. team and Mm. you said something that was pretty interesting. And I want to pick up on that. So basically you were saying that investors need to think about what role they play in the team that they are building. And I thought this was a really interesting um, way to think about it because most investors think of themselves as the investor and then they have a a team of kind of people that, you know, in effect, you know, maybe work for them or, you know, whatever, versus saying what role, what position am I in the team? Just like on a, on a soccer field, you mm. might be the goalie, right? So you have other people who score the goals and you're the one who prevents the goals or maybe you're, you know, whatever, you have a position, but the actual whole team makes up the ecosystem of what makes it good and everyone has a different role. The striker on a soccer team is not the goalie and the goalie is not the striker and they don't try and pretend to be either one of those things and each of them has a role to play that is distinctly uh, unique to their own skill set and the and the specific responsibilities that they have at that step. Do you want to talk yes. about that for a minute? Because I thought yeah, I thought the the framing of like what role what role does the investor play in their team? I thought that was a really interesting conversation. Want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, thanks, Goose. I think you really hit the nail on the head there with um around uh, more around the scope, right? And for me, it's understanding what does everyone else do. And so I think as a as a, an investor, I think one of the most important things roles that we play is we're basically like building a property portfolio as a business right? We're going to treat it like a business. What is your role within a business? Like the CEO, what does a CEO, a really good CEO need to do? And be a visionary. And so when you are a visionary, you also need to you play that role of being able to communicate that vision as well, right? So saying, well, this is where I want it to get to. This is what I want it to do. This is what I want it to provide team. How do we do that? And sometimes that means you've got to explain your vision three, five, 10 times, and that's okay. The, the more, the better, right? But then it's also understanding well, what sort of levers are you going to pull from everyone else that you have on your team as well. Like, for example, one of the biggest pain points that I see a lot of people struggle with is the differences between what my broker is telling me versus what my accountant might be telling me from a structural perspective. And so many investors come to me, they're like, Liv, I don't get it. Why is my broker telling me one thing, but my accountant's telling me another? And so what I do is I provide a bit of context to so say, let's step back and think about what is the objection that your um, that your accountant's actually trying to achieve for you versus your broker? Your broker's trying to get you lending and trying to get you money, whereas your accountant is actually trying to maybe help you structure it correctly and reduce your taxes. Now, a lot of people come to me and tell me, well, who's the one that's meant to tell me how to build wealth? And I said, well, it all comes down to you to make the final decision to say, this is what this expert's telling me. That's what this other expert's telling me. Let's pull the, the the pieces of the puzzles together and then I make the final decision based mm. on all of the experts' decisions. But you've got to lather it all up um, to, to make that final. It's like architecting a solution to a problem, I feel like. Yeah, you said something earlier, which I thought was interesting, like the role of the investor, the role of the investor, particularly in the early stages, is to generate cash. I thought that yeah. was I thought that was really interesting because if you really think about it like that, it's like, okay, so build a team, cool. And every team, every person on the team is going to have a different area of expertise and different perspective. So your accountant will be, have an angle. Your mortgage broker will have an angle. Um, your property team will have an angle, et cetera. And then 
what role is the like because nobody can firstly nobody can make the decisions for you but then also Mm -hmm. it's your responsibility to go and put the get the money and put it on the table but then you've also got to step back and let your team be their best you know anyone who's a good leader knows that you need to get out of your team's way you can set them up for success give them the right direction and then get out of the way and i thought that was a really interesting concept that the responsibility of the investor is primarily to come up with the cash and actually just to build a team with the right people and effectively, you know, just get get that framework going, which is a really, I just think it's a really interesting way to think about it. Yeah, like making yourself look good on paper to the banks is one of the most trickiest things to do, right? But you mm. need an entire team to help you with that though as well. Um, so, yeah, I think because at the end of the day, if it wasn't for the banks, right, we'd probably all have like 50 properties and X, Y, and Z. So we'll just if it wasn't for the banks, no, hang on a second. I'm going to challenge you on that. If it wasn't for the banks, okay. we'd probably have no properties, right? Because, <laughs> right? Because, yes. Because True. so everyone's like, ah, the banks. It's like, um, you do realize that they give you 80 to 90% of the money for your portfolio, right? Like, I, I think, yeah. look. Yeah, you're I, right. You are absolutely right there. Because I've, I've got a client. Yeah, sorry, go on, Goose. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, you know, do I, like that in, do I like that interest rates are going up? No. But, like, realistically, the, the, the interest that they're putting on top of them, it's pretty pretty low like it's pretty nominal the margins for banks actually aren't that big and they're a reliable lender that um is very clear around like what their expectations are for them to be able to give you money and then they'll give you 80 to 90 percent of the cash that you need to go and build the portfolio that you want to be able to create the life you want so you're getting there effectively you know 10 times faster because of banks so yeah i think banks get a bad rap <laughs> yeah you're right you do you, you're right i'll, I'll take that back because yeah, like i've got a client at the moment who's like oh, all this paperwork I have to upload and they want me to tick all these boxes. And I was like, yeah, how cool is it that they're going to give you this money that all you have to do is provide them some paperwork and they're willing to give you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fill in these forms, spend 30 minutes or whatever it is doing some, I fucking hate doing forms, right? Like <laughs> I like I forms, just just I do not abide with forms, right? So for me, it's quite, it's quite painful, but I got to remind myself that time when you get all the loan docs and you're like, oh my God, this is so painful. It's like, yep, but all I got to do is do put some squiggles and stuff on some bits of paper and then somebody's going to give me hundreds of thousands of dollars to go and buy a you know, really powerful asset. It's like, okay. And I get all of the benefits off of somebody else's money as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because people think, forget about the, the idea of like, some people have heard of the concept of OPM, other people's money. And when yeah. they think about OPM, they think about like, oh, how am I going to find like a private investor or am I going to do a JV with someone? Or, you know, they often think about, you know, like, is it, is it private money or something like that? It's like, well, actually, no, the bank is also other people's money. So getting a mortgage is, is OPM. It's not using cash. So, yep. okay, so... 2022 has been a pretty wild year for property. You mentioned that your property portfolio has been able to, you know, the interest rate rises haven't really bothered it. You're all good. Life's great. But mm-hmm. for a lot of property investors, it's been a very challenging year. Either they've been un- unable to get finance because rising interest rates have uh, depleted their ability to borrow, or there's been a lot of fear in the market and all of that kind of stuff. What are the biggest property investing mistakes that you have seen that property investors are making in 2022? Oh, I think it's a similar things to what you've spoken a lot about on on Vessel Lab is um, is the fear of and not taking action. It's listening to the media. It's listening to your mum and dad next door, um, or your friends and family. It's like don't do that. Uh, but it's like, but why? Um, so yeah, it's definitely the fear that is uh, that is in people's minds and and not taking that action. Um, but also a lot of people just don't know where to go to. So yeah, I definitely put it down to fear and a lack of action right now. 
um, but for me, like the difference between someone who has a lot of fear versus me who's like pretty bullish on property, just my knowledge and the team and the certainty that I have, and that's it. And that's the, where the gap that I hope to bridge as well for people. Um, yeah, does that answer that question? I don't know if I answered that question. Yeah, no, I think I think it's fine. I, I think I think that um, I think that probably is like broadly speaking, one of the biggest mistakes people are making because they're getting caught in their own heads and because they're yeah. getting caught about the fear. But then, how how are you, let's talk about you then as an investor yourself. Mm-hmm. How are you personally thinking about the current environment? Thinking about your portfolio? Thinking about you know stuff like that? Because a lot of people have a you know a fear the property market might be going to crash, or what if interest rates keep going up, or maybe property investing is unaffordable. And so that mm-hmm. kind of keeps a lot of people on the sidelines, which again is something we talked about earlier, which is an area that you focus in helping p- coach people through all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So how are you personally thinking about that? Like, are you do you have any concerns? Where do you think it's going to go? Or how do you if you don't have any concerns, why don't you have any concerns? Yeah. So I think of prop- building a property portfolio as a long-term game. And the thing is that for, for some people, they might be thinking, oh, property is like a, a get-rich-quick scheme. Like in my mind, I'm like, it did get me pretty wealthy pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but it is a long-term game. It's, it's a, it's a get-rich-for-sure scheme. That's what I think of it is. And so when we go through these storms, which is what we're just going through, it's literally just a storm, those who are able to take action through this, through this time We'll see the gold, the pot of gold at the end. Um, and so for me, it's like I, I, I've just quit my nine to five jobs actually. So both me and my partner actually can't, uh, our property portfolios personally on hold for the next couple of years. Um, and I wish that I could be buying up as many properties as I can. And I'm absolutely loving watching all of my clients at the moment. Um, those who are able to take the action, they're scooping up amazing deals and it'll show in a couple of years from now because that's what it's about. It's like that long-term game. And like we spoke about before, it's about the easiness of saying, have I chosen and made the right moves and steps? And is it yeah, regulating my nervous system? Talk to me about regulating your nervous system. What do you mean by that specifically? You've mentioned that a couple of times. Talk to me about that. Being able to sleep at night, mm. being able to feel comfortable that you know that you are set up and you you are okay and that you will have options in life and if it can just at least provide that then you can live a fulfilling life in the meantime and live in the moment uh, for everything else that you do in life i think that's really important because life's too short to be stressing about money yeah interesting yeah, I think one of the biggest psychologically uh, and subconscious um, burdens that, that people face is that uncertainty mm. because most people don't realize it. But I bet if you're listening to this podcast, just think about it right now. Like there's probably this kind of like buzzing, gnawing anxiety somewhere, probably sitting sort of somewhere in your chest and in the back of your head that is unsure if you're making the right decisions, going to get to where you want to go, if you're going to be safe. And there's this kind of like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm doing all of this kind of stuff. But you, a lot of people don't have that certainty and that clarity. And it's kind of thing, it kind of buzzes in the background. And that mm. is the thing that specifically, you know, stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system and causes you to have those underlying anxieties because you're right. You, you know, it's like, what choices am I making? Are they the right choices? Can I sleep well at night? Am I going to get to my destination? Um, all of that kind of stuff plays in and layers up in creating this kind of like underlying kind of sense of anxiety about an uncertainty. 
And so mm. be, being able to overcome that again by building the right team and making sure you're buying the right types of properties is bloody good. And particularly if you put get yourself in an environment where you do have choppy seas and like you like you've said, yeah, cool. I mean, like a bit of a storm right now, interest rates are going up and stuff, but your portfolio is fine. That that deepens the sense of calm because you're like, oh, now I can see how it looks when the weather's bad and it's still good. Hmm. Yes. Okay. It's like double, double certainty. You're like, ah, life is definitely sweet now, right? It's like proving <laughs> yeah. it to you. Yeah. Which is interesting. Absolutely. Okay. So do you think that property investing is out of reach for for everyday people or not? Because that's one of the biggest, that's one of the biggest concerns that I think a lot of people have, particularly younger people. Now, you're not much younger than me. Um, but and so people that are kind of our age but younger often think that property investing is something that is only for boomers, you know, it's out of reach, you know. I've spoken to 20 to 22 year olds and stuff. And I've said, why you're not investing in interest in investing in property. And they're like, because properties cost a million dollars. That is literally, that it was literally not true. Yeah. Cause properties cost a million dollars. And so the, the general perception out there is for a lot of people is that it's too late. They'll never get on the ladder. They, you know, it's not, it's not possible for them. So I'd be interested to hear you talk about that. Obviously you're helping a lot of people on a lot of different uh, walks of life. So um, do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I, first of all, I built a property portfolio whilst working as a call centre worker. So just to let you know, I was on a very average wage, that's for sure, when I was doing that throughout my 20s. Do I think it's achievable for everyone physically? Yes. Do I think that everyone can achieve it? No, nah, because there's a bit of sacrifice that you actually genuinely have to make to get into the property market at the start. But do you need a million dollars? Absolutely not. I've just, um, like, I don't typically... Uh, focus my area around um, owner occupiers, but I help out people and I show them like, hey, with all the grants that are out at the moment as a first homeowner, you can literally buy a property in Queensland for five grand. And it's like when you map that out as a realistic, you know, scenario and do that and crunch the numbers with people, it's like you can you can actually take some moves and, and get into the game. Um and so yeah, so it's not it's not as much money as what people think. Is it difficult? Is it probably more harder from uh, saving the deposit and coming up with the money? Yeah. But also I think a lot of people in this day and age also, um, you know, blow a lot more money than what they really need to. And once you actually refine it, I worked out with one uh, with one client just this week who was like, Liv, you know, I really want to do this investing thing. Like uh, I've worked out how I can save 800 bucks a week. And I was like, cool, but I challenge you. How can you save more? And then she worked out and I was like, awesome. So you can save a house deposit in seven months. We worked out yesterday. And I was like, great. Awesome. And you're in the door. So, yeah. you know, it, it is definitely achievable. And that and that is a single lady on her own who's 20, 26. Yeah, she that's awesome. It, so. And the first, the first one is the hardest. The first deposit is the hardest. But once you get the once you get the first one on your belt, assuming you don't buy a dud property, assuming you build the right team and get the right people around you, it starts to snowball and it becomes as you said, easeful, yep. you know, it becomes easy and becomes, oh, it's like, okay, cool. The start it starts to build momentum in and of itself. What's mm -hmm. the, um, what's the biggest transformation you've seen with the clients that you've worked with? What's the kind of like the biggest aha moment or the biggest transformation either emotionally or financially? What's the kind of biggest breakthrough you've seen someone have? Oh, I had, um, oh, so many, I had one, uh, one guy who after Dash Dot had sourced his property for him, he's like, move. He goes, I've made back all the money I put into this deal. He's like, 
is this, is this legal? That's what he said to me. He's like, is this legal? And I was like, it is. It is. It absolutely is. Um, so <laughs> that was a financial one. Um, I have some other clients who have just, that you guys have helped them purchase their property four or five. I can't remember. Maybe it's five or six. And similar to my situation where they're like, oh, now I can stop and sit back. Mm. It's all just working for me. And now they're traveling around Australia awesome. in their van, taking two years off to go live life. How awesome is that? That's so good. That's so good. I didn't know that story. That's awesome. That is really, really yeah. cool. Yeah, I think I, one of the most inspiring things that I've, I've found, particularly like obviously we only started Dashup less than four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, but over the last four years, we've been able to help a lot of people have a lot of really major transformations. But it is actually that specifically that thing where people transition to a different state of being and they're like oh i can go travel more i can go live wherever i want i can go travel around australia i can take it as i mentioned earlier i can take a different job or i can you know i can close down my business if i want to and start a different one you know it's so to hear that somebody's taken off around australia for two years i think that's brilliant i absolutely love that that's fantastic so cool and the thing that i learned was that like i for me personally, um, for anyone who's ever studied human design, which I've been studying lately, I've discovered that I'm a manifester. And one of those things, mean, what that essentially means is that I'm, I'm, it's easy for me to envision and manifest what I want. But what I learned is that people, some people just don't have that naturally and that's okay. And so here I am to be the person to show you how to do it. And then once you get there, physically you're like, oh, that's what it was, that vision that I wasn't able to foresee I physically have been able to achieve it. So now I see it because it's been, it's done. Um, That's really interesting that you've gotten into human design recently. Gabby and I have gotten into human design recently. Gabby, a lot more so than me, like a lot more so than me. Gabby's done a course on it and the whole, the whole kind of thing. I'm just like, I'm an, I'm an interested observer. So I'm a 6-2 manifesting generator. I think I've got that right. A 6-2 manifesting generator, which is pretty, (laughs) which is pretty interesting. That is so cool. Do you know what your number is? Oh, I'm a 5'1". Five one. Five I've one. actually been talking to Gabby about this this week, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We have been. So I'm a 5'1 manifester. Yeah. Nice, nice. Oh, that's hilarious. Gabby's a 5'1 as well. That's awesome. It, um, uh, I'm not usually like I'm 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 definitely on the woo scale for sure. But like a lot of that a lot of that kind of stuff, I'm a little like, yeah. I mean, like like me me personally, things like astrology and stuff. I'm like, you know, no. Nah. But the funny thing about human design is that um. It is like I'm quite scientific, and I like to. It's it is just bizarrely accurate. Like you know, in a way that is, in a way that it, I'm finding it really interesting because I can't pick as many holes in it, which is really weird. Because the whole story about how it came to be is really weird. So that's it. That's a topic for a whole other podcast. <laughs> to, yeah, design. Let's do that one. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Let's go on the woo scale a little, little bit. So I'm interested to know how your goals have changed and what your goals are now, but then. So we'll start there, but then the next step I want to go into is is what habits and rituals do you have to make make sure that you stay on track with your goals. So we'll start with like what are they now? Because I'm sure they've evolved since last time you're on the show. Yeah, it's so interesting. I thought I was going to be like, oh, I'm going to have like 20 properties, and you know, and that's what that's what I wanted, and maybe I wanted like I don't know, five hundred thousand dollars worth of net passive income per year, and that's definitely changed. Um, and so for me now, it's. It's more about just having um, consistency, um, I think, for me, in terms of my property portfolio anyway. Um, 
in terms of outside of life, I'm now really getting into this whole business world. Like I've just, I've left the corporate industry and and now I just want to uh, think about how I can, yeah, help other people through through business and, and do more of that. Um, so that's the whole new world that I'm currently venturing into at the moment and learning about. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, so for me personally, I just want my property portfolio to just give me more options, just to give me mm. the flexibility. And there's not really necessarily a number that I have anymore mm. um, to reach that. So It's pretty yeah. interesting, isn't it? Because if anyone goes back far enough and listens to the first time that Gabby and I went on Smart Property Investment Show, you'll hear me talk about 25 properties in five years. And we were just on a tear. We were like, yeah, we're going to do, we're going to like conquer the world. And, and it's just like things change, you know, just things just massively change. And it's like what we want out of life now is just way different to what it was a year ago, mm. two years ago. And you start to, you start, I think as you start to develop choices, it that's what changes your perspective. Because if you don't have the choices, you tend, I tend to find that the people who, who, who haven't yet built wealth, um, it's usually very grandiose financial goals. It's usually like, mm. I want this huge thing and want, all of that kind of stuff. Don't get me wrong. One day I'd still like to buy a super yacht, but that's just a little, you know, but, <laughs> but, but I think once you start to build wealth and once you start to create choices, you start to realize that those choices actually matter more than any of the other material stuff. Like, you know, the ability to do what you want, when you want, with who you want. It's like, you actually don't need a lot of money for that. You start to realize that, you know, there is no food that you can eat that you will, that will never make it. That it means that you're never hungry again. There's no drink that you can ever drink that'll mean that you're never thirsty again. There's no clothes that you can ever wear that you'll never want to replace. And so, you know, it's not like like all of that kind of like stuff stops mm. really mattering. It's like, I, I mean, cool. And there is a limit to how much you can spend on any of that kind of stuff. Short of going and buying, you know, real fancy cars and just like you know doing all this like really material stuff. At the end of the day, a good meal. Can only ever really cost you so much money, a, and uh, a good, you know, a, a place to stay. So, so unless you're staying in like a, you know, super mega ultra luxury resort, there's like, you know, travel and stuff will only cost you a certain segment of of cash, and, to, and and so you start to create more options, and it's like, oh, huh, the things that I enjoy out of life actually don't actually cost that much money, or or actually cost nothing, but can the, the experience can be set up with not a lot of financial capital as well. Um, so I find that that it's really interesting to speak to people that have gone on that journey and see mm. how how their vision of success changes over time. And I know mine is wildly different. Uh, mine mine today, and I write it down my my goals and stuff every single day, and so different to where they were a few years ago. <laughs> a few years ago, so different, isn't it? And that's all that I want out of a property portfolio is to allow me to just change my mind yeah. what I want as I grow as a person. Awesome. And it gives me more options. That's all. And so how do you stay aligned with your, like, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay on track? How do you personally, like, do you, do you have any habits or rituals that you uh, deploy in your life to, you know, help you to create uh, the vision that you're after? You said you're a manifester. Um, what habits and rituals have you got to stay on track towards those, towards that vision of the future? You know, I'm probably not going to be able to help more around the the physical tasks that I do. Um, I I implement, I listen to my gut whenever there's somebody that comes into my life that says, Olivia, go and explore this. Mm. And so I'm just stay open to exploring new ideas, listening to new people and challenging different things. Um, for me, I, I, I'm personally here for wanting to make an impact on the world. And I think one of the things that, um, once you have, I mean, research shows, right, 
that once we have our basic living expenses catered for from a financial perspective, it allows us to actually think bigger than ourselves and give back. Do you ask most people, what would you actually do with your time if you physically didn't need to swap your time for money? What would you really do? Nine times out of 10, most people would say that they would give back in some way to their community, family, whatever. And, and so I think that the ripple effect that we can all have if we had that core foundational uh, our living expenses catered for, all of a sudden, like we were talking about before, how it just allows us to give us a relaxed nervous system, it also allows us to think greater than ourselves. Um, and so that's what I would also like to teach people as well and, and what I actively think about every day when I wake up. It's how can I get more people to be in that same mindset where they now are no longer just thinking about their immediate family's needs and they can have a large impact around them as well. Awesome. I love it. Okay. And so imagine if you could create the world's biggest billboard floating in space. Everyone on the planet could see this one billboard. All they need to do is look up in the sky and you can share one message with the entire world, just one message on one super mega billboard. You partnered up with Elon Musk. He's going to launch it into space, going to sit there and everyone in the world is going to see it, right? What message would you put on that billboard? What message would you share with the world? That everything in moderation is okay. Mm. Um, and what I mean by that is thinking about the now, living in the now, planning a little bit for the future because you have a high chance of, of living till maybe you're 80 or 90 but also not putting all your eggs into that one basket because for me it's around about like getting like the heart the highest ROI on life and and what that means is timing it as well so how so for example say i wanted to travel europe how can i get the high, the highest fulfillment of life of that trip and at what time in my lifespan do i need to do that am i going to be able to physically do that trip as well in my 60s is what I could in my 20s. Obviously, not your, your body is probably not going to be at the same sort of capacity. And so for me, it's like, yeah, that, that highest ROI on, on living life. And that's where I come back to just everything in moderation. It's okay. You can have that block of chocolate. It's all right. You can invest in just one property for now. But do you need 50 and go hard and, and hustle? No, you probably don't as well. Um, so, yeah. Nice. Love it. Love it. Okay. And so if anyone is looking for a property coach, if everyone's sitting on the sidelines, if they've been listening to this and they're going, wow, Liv sounds awesome. And I want to talk to her and maybe I can get some guidance on how to build my own property portfolio and you know, have someone on my team that's going to be able to support me along that journey. Where can they go to find out more? Where can they go to get in touch with you? Probably the easiest place is just jump onto social media. If we just look up Olivia Ward, um, I don't think you can miss me. Anyone? Facebook, Instagram. You sound like an influencer. TikTok. Yeah, just go on any social media platform. Just type in Olivia Ward. You'll find me. It's like <laughs> you know what? Because awesome. I haven't, I haven't. As a, I've only been in this as full time for like the last three or four months, and I'm, I'm still trying to set up foundational stuff. I've got a website. It's a bit needs a bit of work. <laughs> I went on your website for the very first time just before we jumped on this podcast. Oh, I was no. like, I was like, Liv's got a website. How interesting. Oh, no. It's good. It's good. It's fine. It's fine. It's good. And people can book there as well. So go on social media, search for Olivia Ward or go to livetobuy.com. Yeah, .com.au. .com.au. Live to buy, L-I-V-T-O-B-U-Y, livetobuy.com.au because they can get in touch there as well as on social media. Liv, anything else you want to um, touch on before we go? No, I don't. Thank you, Goose. It's been a great chat. Awesome. Likewise. Good to see you. Good to chat as always. And I'll speak to you soon.